0: Well, if you have your Bibles today, I was going to ask you to remain standing, but just stay seated. How's that? If you have your Bibles today, turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Matthew 6, verse 31. And I'll be brief today. Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. And in that sermon and message, he spent a lot of time talking about worry and anxiety. I imagine Jesus knew that we as his followers, living in this life, facing cares of this life, would deal with worry and anxiety. And he tried to, in this passage, Matthew 6, warn us of the effects and the impact of worry and what it would do in our life as believers. Beginning at verse 31, he said, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I love the translation uh, in verse 34. Another translation said, do not worry about tomorrow It will take care of itself. You have enough to worry about today. And this is my favorite translation of verse 34. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Isn't that a beautiful translation? that don't get worked up about what may happen or may not happen tomorrow, but rather know that God is faithful and he'll show up when the hard times come. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Let it challenge our heart. Let it build our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus condemns worry in Matthew 6, worry that causes us to be mentally harassed, emotionally agitated, preoccupied with distressing fears, tormented and burdened about things that may not happen but could. And so many people in our culture and society today are just overwhelmed by anxiety and fear and worry. That is not the life that Jesus intends for you to live as a believer. He has not given us the spirit of fear or anxiety or worry but rather a sound mind and love and power in the Holy Spirit. We must discipline ourselves in our life, not to look at the circumstances or the things that we're going through and let our attention be entirely on that, but look to God in times of trouble and stress and draw from his peace and his power because he is a very present help in the time of trouble. And Jesus is telling us, do not let worry or fear torment you. I read recently in the American Psychological Association uh, article that the number one cause of stress is financial problems. Think about that. The number two problem is work. People stress over their jobs or trying to find a job or they've lost their job. The third thing, the top third thing that causes stress is family responsibilities. And then the number four was health concerns. And when I read that, I thought, no wonder people are stressed out today. Everything that we face during this season of pandemic, this season of unrest, this season of of racial tension and political divide, and all that's happening in our society and our nation today involves these four categories. Financial issues, work, family problems, and health, we're all concerned about those things. And it causes stress when we focus just on those needs rather than putting our attention upon the Lord who can supply all our need according to his riches in glory. You see, the result of stress is it changes our perception. We can't see sometimes in the middle of it a way out. We can't see the help that the Lord is giving. And our perception is blurred by that. You know, to, to us, perception is truth. What we see, what we feel sometimes can make us believe that that's reality. But a lot of times what we perceive is not reality because we're not looking through the lens of the scripture or the eyes of Jesus Christ as we face the dilemma that we're in. And a lot of times it will change your perception. It will cause your body to respond negatively. Worry can cause you to have bad health. It will affect your mind the way you think. It will affect your energy It will affect everything about you if you let worry take over your body. Declining mental health is a result of the surge of worry, stress, and anxiety today. And according to USA Today, mental health organizations are reporting a dramatic increase in calls from clients who are distressed about economic uncertainties and the things that they're going through today. It will change your value system. It will cause you to get confused of what's important. Because that's why Jesus said, it's not about the temporal. Life is more than food and body is more than clothing. Don't worry about what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, or, or, or what, what you're going to eat, but rather trust the Lord in every aspect of your life. And so often our value system gets blurred. We become self-focused when we allow worry and mental harassment to take over our life we stop putting attention upon the Lord who is our source and our way out and who is the answer and we start putting all of our attention on self and who we are and what we can do within our own sufficiency. But I'm here to tell you we can't make it on our own. We've gotta trust the higher power. We gotta trust God and Jesus Christ to get us through this life and this situation. It will cause your distinctives to get blurred. The Gentiles eagerly, the Bible said, sought after these things and tomorrow will become a dread. Anxiety will take, your, take over your life, your thinking, and you will dread tomorrow. But here's what Jesus said in verse 25. I tell you not to worry about life and temporal things. In verse 26, he said, look at the birds in the sky. They don't plant or harvest. They don't even store grain in the barns, but they fill the valley and the mountaintops with music and worship unto the Lord. And the word said he even takes note when a sparrow falls. He attends the funeral of a bird. He knows the very hairs that are numbered upon your head today. That's how attentive God is to us. And sometimes we think he's a million miles away and he don't understand and he can't see the dilemma we're in. But God sees everything about you today. And you don't have to worry. He's in control. He is the source of our life today. And we can stand on his word when we can't stand on anything else. He's a good God. He said in verse twenty seven, worry can can't make you live any longer. By worrying, you can't add one inch to your stature, but it's something more here. He's talking about a, a measure or a span of time. By worrying, you can't add one more day or one more week or one more month to your life. So why worry? He said in verses twenty eight and twenty nine which is the fourth consideration in this chapter. He said the care that God bestowed on the lilies and the flowers are amazing. Even Solomon in all of his splendor and glory couldn't compare to a little lily and flower that God put beauty upon. And if God took attention to make the flowers and the lilies beautiful, and if he attends the funeral of a bird, and if he tells us he will give us what we need at the time when it comes, we can trust God today. You may not be able to trust friends. You may not be able to trust family. You may not even be able to trust your employer. You may not even be able to trust your neighbor. But I'm here to tell you, you can depend on a God who is faithful and always on the job and cares for you. And by the way, you can cast all your worry and all your care this morning on the Lord. You may have come into this house today all disturbed and worried and perplexed. You can leave at peace. You can leave with the comfort of the Holy Spirit in your life. It may not change your circumstances, but it'll change how you cope and how you see things and how you can trust God in the midst of dilemma and crisis. I have prayed many times and I thought about Paul when he prayed that God would remove that thorn in the flesh from him. And he prayed over and over and over again and God kept responding. He answered. Wasn't the way Paul wanted him to answer. But he answered, my grace is sufficient. But God, you haven't removed this thing yet. And he prays again, my grace is sufficient. Paul learned a lesson. He said, in my dilemma in my weakness in my trial I have learned that I am strong you can take more than you think you can take when God's involved in it when you just push God out of the picture you'll you'll be overtaken you'll be overcome but when God is in the picture when God in his strength and Jesus is living inside of you greater is he that is in you than the things that are in the world You can face more than you actually imagine you can face when Jesus Christ is your source and strength. And the Bible tells us that Jesus promised if we would seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, he would add all these things to us. That's the key, is to take A discipline in your life, spiritual discipline in your life, to put He, Jesus Christ, and His kingdom first in your life. Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. What does that mean? That means I've got to pray that the kingdom of God has dominion over every aspect of my life. I've got to pray that the righteousness and the kingdom of Jesus Christ has control over my mind, my heart, my spirit, and my body and I've gotta succumb or yield or consecrate myself to the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the Bible said if I will do that, seek kingdom, the kingdom of God first, and his righteousness, I can pray that that kingdom will have dominion over me. I've gotta believe that it's the most powerful, not only pray, but I've gotta believe that the kingdom of God is the greatest kingdom in the world. The kingdom of the devil, The the kingdoms of this world can't compare to the kingdom of God. And when you're saved, you are a part of the kingdom of God. It's not something that is coming. We're already in his promise and in his kingdom. Hallelujah. When we believe we're a part of God and his kingdom and his righteousness and his family. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. I've got to pray, believe, and then I've got to praise God for the kingdom and his righteousness. That will take the place of the worry and the anxiety in my mind when I begin to put priority upon the kingdom and the righteousness of Jesus Christ and the Lord that lives inside of me. You see, there's several things that I believe we can depend on today today. And that is divine providence. We can depend on sustaining providence and we can depend on overshadowing providence. We can depend on that in the Lord. As I began to think about the divine providence, I thought about Philippians four nineteen. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches. According to his riches, that's the key. He will supply your needs according to his economy, to his riches, to his kingdom. And a lot of times we look around us and we say there's no way, it's impossible. I I don't see how God's gonna take care of me or see me through this. It's not based on what you see and the circumstances of this life. It's according to his riches. And that's not always money. That's so many other things that God provides for us. Amen. Peace that money can't buy. Security that money can't obtain. And he said he would be there according to his riches to supply our needs. My blessed Lord, if he can take a lad's lunch and feed 5,000, he can take care of Dennis Page. He can take two sardines and five biscuits and get it in the hands of Jesus and they can break it up and feed 5,000 or more and have leftovers. 12 baskets of leftovers. What a meal. He can take care of us. We've just got to put who we are and all of our resources and what we have in life in his hands because his hands are divine. Hallelujah. They can multiply when you can't see what's gonna take place. God can take care of us according to his riches in heaven. I'd rather have the riches of Jesus than the riches of this world. Hallelujah. I'd rather be rich in him than rich in the economy of Wall Street. Praise God. And I wanna tell you, it doesn't depend on anything else. Our survival... Our needs being met doesn't depend on who's in the White House. It doesn't depend what Wall Street decides. It doesn't depend what this world decides. I would rather decide to trust the report of the Lord any day than what I see in this world. I may take off running here in a minute. I got some preachers in the house. You may have to pick up the mic and go on with it. I'm going to take time out to shout. Somebody lift your hands and take just a moment to shout unto God for his divine providence today. Praise God. You know, God provided for Israel when they were in a great wilderness and when I saw this I thought that could be a parallel because we are in a wilderness. We're in a strange land. What we've seen over the past year and what we're seeing at the beginning of this year, we don't have a playbook about that. We've never experienced that in my lifetime. There's times that we have to navigate through things and we don't know what to do. We don't know which way to turn. We don't know what to decide, but we have the Lord. And the Bible said in the great wilderness that Israel journeyed, Deuteronomy 2.7, I love this, through this great wilderness, these 40 long years, God has been with you. You have lacked nothing. Think about that, praise God. God has been with me. They could stop right there and that's all I need. But it said, you have lacked nothing through these great 40 years of wilderness. I read of Elijah in 1 Kings 17. The Bible said, Ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and evening and he drank of the brook, Kirith. Can you imagine birds bringing you your meals three times a day? God took care of Elijah at the brook called Kerith while he was there resting and the word said God commanded ravens to bring him flesh and bread in the morning and the evening. But if you keep reading in that chapter, verse seven I believe it is, the brook dried up. You ever had the brook to dry up? You're going along everything's going good, you're shouting the victory, you're on a mountaintop and all of a sudden the brook dries up. Things begin to get bad. Things change. And you don't know what's gonna happen next. But God has always got a plan. When I was reading this chapter, you know when the brook dried up, he told the prophet, the man of God, get up and go to Zarephath. Arise, verse nine, and go to Zarephath. Every time we come to a dead end, God's always got a plan. Hallelujah. We may not see where to go, how we gonna get out of this, where we gonna turn, right or left, but he doesn't want us to turn around and go back. He wants us just to stay there until he opens up another way and another plan, and he always has a plan and a way out. May not be what you imagined, may not be what you've planned for, may not be the script that you planned out for your life, but if it's God's way, it's the best way. My blessed Lord, he's got a plan for us every step of the way. The brook dried up. He had to move, he had to go, but God had a plan. When he got to Zarephath, I love this. Verse 13 said, don't worry about a thing. (laughs) Oh, you know that old song, don't worry about a thing. You thought somebody else wrote it. God wrote it. There's the, there it is. Don't worry about a thing. Verse 13 in 1 Kings 17. Verse 15, and he went, he found a lady at the opening of Zarephath, and she was collecting wood to build a fire to cook a meal, and he commanded her to feed him as well. She said, I only have a little oil in the cruise and a little meal in the barrel. And he commanded her to feed him. And the Bible said she went and did according to the prophet Elijah. And she and her house did eat many days. Verse 16, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail. According, I wanted you to get this, according to the word of the Lord which was spoken by Elijah. I'm here preaching the word of God to you today and according to the word of God, God's gonna take care of you. Whether you live or die, he's gonna take care of you. No wonder the apostle Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. You can't lose like that. He said, I'd rather live, but if I die, it's an advantage. I go to be with the Lord, to be absent from this body, to be present with the Lord and the enemy will come and lie to you that it's over. There's no way out. I'm gonna tell you whether you live or die in the Lord, it's to your benefit. You can live on this earth with Christ. You can die in Christ and live with him forever. Praise God. She did according to the prophet. And did eat many days. My, I've heard stories about strangers putting groceries on the front porch. You didn't even know who it was. I've heard heard of people talking about miracles that they didn't even know would happen, but they were seeking God for provision and blessing, and God came through in an unimaginable way. God came through. He will provide. In the wilderness in 1 Kings 19 and five again, after this great victory that he had in the Lord, this wonderful mountaintop experience and victory. In verse 19, he lay and slept under a juniper tree. At this point, he wants to die. He just just wants to go on, be with the Lord. He didn't wanna live another day. He's in hot pursuit. They're after him. He's laying under a juniper tree. And the Bible said there while he lay under that tree, I love this, the angel of the Lord touched him. In your despair, have you ever been touched by an angel? (laughs) Has an angel ever come by? Has the Holy Spirit ever touched you in the time of despair? We're encamped about with angels, the redeemed. We don't even see them sometime. You get to shouting this morning, you may bump into one. The angels of the Lord watch after us. They watch over the people of God. Hallelujah. The angels of the Lord touched him while he was laying there in despair and blessed him. And if you go on and read the story, it's a, it's a beautiful story. And he looked up and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and a cruise of water by his head. You know, every time you talk about something in these miracles, it's always involving food. Ravens feeding, angels feeding. They had to be church of God. Because that's that's where we fellowship eating all the time. And that's where we get our strength sometimes. Let's go have a meal. And I've had too many of those lately. But he had a cruise of water by his head. But look at verse verse 8. He went in the strength, 1 Kings 19, verse. He went in the strength of that meat 40 days and nights. Praise God. What a meal what a meal. You know, I believe the Lord laid this message on my heart for Eastern North Carolina. And I've been sharing this truth to the people of God in this state. I believe in our time of crisis and pandemic, that God wants to speak to the churches of this state to let you know that he is your provision. He is your way out. We don't have to Panic. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be overtaken by mental anguish today. And my God, we're seeing so much of that today within the church and within good people that are struggling, that are trying to find their way. But I just came by just to bring a little encouragement to you this morning to let you know if he fed Elijah, he's going to feed you. If he took care of the prophet, he'll take care of you. There's divine provision in the Lord. And I want to tell you, God's touch will last. That's right. I've never had a meal go that long, Pastor. Never had a meal last 40 days. But it lasted. He went in that strength and meat. God can do the supernatural. All we see sometimes is the dilemma of the crisis. We can't see the hand of God reaching. But he's reaching to you today. I want you to know that. He's reaching to you today. And just like his counterpart, Elisha, who saw a little widow lady at one time and she didn't have anything to pay her debts. She just had a little pot of oil. And he told and commanded her and her sons to go get every vessel they could find. Praise God. And when they brought every vessel into her house, he said, now pour that oil. And what seemed to be little became much because the pour, the flow never stopped until every vessel in the house was filled and overflowing. And I'm here to tell you that God will sustain. God's blessings is enough. You don't have to look for any, anything else. Now thank God, thank God for those who are there for our help and our support. We've got a counselor right here, a beautiful counselor that takes care of so many people and I refer people to Amy Beasley and her husband for counseling because they've been trained and God uses that to bless people and help them navigate through hard times and thank God for the people he puts in our life and the resources that we have to our excess to where God can use those things to bring healing and blessing to us but beyond that, God has a power, a superpower, Natural power that can take you beyond that which you're facing today. Thank God for the anointing on godly people that are there to help us, but thank God for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that resides in us today and sees us through. And when you don't have anybody to talk to, you can talk to him. When you don't have anybody to turn to in the wee hours of the morning, you can climb out of that bed and kneel before him and call on his name and he's a very present help right there in your bedroom. He can take care of us. I just came by to encourage you today to trust the Lord, to make your priorities right. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and he'll take care of you. Oh, I see my time's gone. That's only point one. Sometimes we preachers can't get on through the, through the message. I'll just skip through the next two briefly. An overshadowing Providence. Zechariah 2, 5 said, I, I will be a, unto her a wall of fire round about. Isn't that beautiful? Psalms 91, 4, his truth shall be a shield and a buckler, a defensive armor to surround us. The Bible said his truth is a pledge and a promise and a covenant. Ephesians 6 and 14 says us, tells us to stand therefore and stand and know that the truth of God, the armor of God, is there to support us, protect us and guard our souls. and we can stand in that armor. That's an overshadowing Providence. My blessed Lord, we're in the palm of His hand, and nobody, no man, not even the devil, can pluck you out of his hand. Oh, you can decide to walk out away from his care. But when you set firmly upon his promise and in his care, I'm telling you, the devil himself can't cross the bloodline. Whew. Glory to God. And then lastly, there's a sustaining providence. Paul said, I think I read this yesterday in our pastor's round table. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8, we are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed. We're perplexed but not in despair. We're persecuted but not forsaken. We're struck down but not destroyed. Thank you Lord. Oh, I feel his presence in the house today. When you go home today, read Philippians 4, 4 through 8. That's good homework. He gives us the cure over anxiety and worry. Verse 4, he says, just loosen up and rejoice. Choose joy. You know, Psalms 30, verse 5 says, weeping may tarry, endure through the night, but joy comes in the morning. You just have to choose joy, which is your strength, and rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. The next thing Paul tells us is to relax. Take on the moderation and the forbearing of his spirit and just relax in the Lord today. Relax in him. Let your gentleness be known for the Lord is at hand. The next thing he tells us is to rest, transfer your troubles to God. Cast your carol, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for the answer. That's what he tells us in verse 7. And then lastly, verse 8, he says, Feed feed your mind on things that are praiseworthy. Refuse to feed your mind on the negative thoughts like shame and, and guilt and fear and anxiety. But he says, think on these good things. Think on the honorable and worthy things of respect. Think on the just and the right things. Think on those things that will promote lovely and agreeable and winsome ideas. And he says, if it's it's gonna bring a virtue and if it's gonna bring praise, think on these things. The best thing you can do is just keep feeding your mind and the Spirit, the Word of God. The Word of God. <laughs> I had a member one time that took sticky notes and put the Word of God all over their house. Put it on kitchen cabinets and countertops and bathroom mirrors and bed, heads of bed and, and just went around and just read Scripture throughout the day. One time I was in a dilemma and I got a hold of that verse that said leap for joy and I got to jumping like a crazy man. I was going to jump my way into praise and into the presence of the Lord. My circumstances didn't change, but the way I looked at it did and the way I felt did. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes that's the best thing to do is just get a strong grip on a promise and read it and live it and praise God for it. Amen. It's the word. It's, it's real. It's alive. And you feed your mind these things. And that's why I believe he said, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about tomorrow, what may or may not happen. God's going to take care of you not only today, but when you get up in the morning, he'll take care of you tomorrow. And in the wilderness, he rained manna every day, a fresh, fresh manna. A fresh manna. And he said, don't store it, don't hoard it up for tomorrow. In the morning when you get up, I'm going to rain more upon your life. I call it a package of grace. It's a package of grace when you get up. His grace is sufficient. His presence is overpowering. His name is authority. You can walk in it. You can live in it in the bad times and in the good times. It rains on the just and the unjust but he is a faithful God to us in all situations. He'll be there in the good times. He'll be there in the bad times. He'll not forsake you. He'll go with you all the way to the end of the world. You can walk with him. He'll walk with you. He'll be a comfort to you in your misery. My blessed Lord, he'll be a peace to you in your disturbance. He is all that we need today. Build your. faith faith on Jesus in this amen. pandemic culture and in this crazy world in which we live woo that's an eastern North Carolina whoop yeah. amen when I was younger I used to kick my leg with it now I'm too old I was preaching at one of my churches one time pastor and kicked my shoe off and it went flying over there in the altar that's when we wore loafers I had to wear, have to tie them up now I feel him. Stand with me this morning. I feel him in the house. Lift your hand and begin to praise the Lord. Whether you feel like it or you don't, praise God anyhow. Lift your hand and give him praise. He's worthy. If you can't praise him for what you're going through, praise him because he's a faithful God that's going to be with you while you walk through it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in the house of God. Thank you for being a good God. Thank you for being a faithful God that we can always depend on you. When we can't depend on anybody or anything else, we can depend on you, Jesus, today. And I don't know, God, who needs this word today. We all need it, I know that. But I don't know who needs it the most, but whoever's here today and whatever they're going through, let them leave in a different way than they came. and Let them live this promise this week. Let them live this word. God, let us hear your scripture, speak loudly to us, and let us plant it deep in our heart that it may take root and seed. The seed of God may take root and come forth, and that we'll hold on to every promise today. I pray for those, God, that are in this room under the sound of my voice. Whatever they're going through today, Lord, let them have a, a place of rest and peace in you strengthen them Lord in your presence this very moment don't let us leave God in trouble disturbed perplexed but let us leave in peace and joy and grace in the Holy Spirit let us leave with a sound mind oh God let us leave God in the power of the Holy Spirit And bless your people.